Worthless Speculation. I'm going to be your host tonight, standing in for Randall. He is still a little under the weather after uh, being sick slash COVID slash ladder fall. Um, thoughts and prayers going up to this guy right now. He's He's been going through the ringer, so. Big time. Um, welcome, yeah, to my far right, uh, Raj Meta. Two on time. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Nothing, man. I'm as shocked as you guys are. Yeah. And then Mr. Uh, Robbie Davis here. Um, yeah, just a quick shout out. Uh, I didn't know it's, it's going to be my first words or final thoughts, but um, don't want to forget about it. Uh, two years ago today, Kobe, his daughter, and I think eight others or six others lost their lives. And it's hard to believe it's been two years. Um, but I've been seeing all this stuff on Twitter today, and man, just still sad. Yeah, that's um, that's something that's going to take a lot of time to get over, especially everyone that followed him, and just just being a a family man and a that kind of aspect. Girl dad, <laughs> you're a girl dad. Girl dad, yeah, me me too. It it hits home a little harder for me too. Um. Just unbelievable that we lost, you know, such a legend and such a important person in society and in life. So um, humanity is yeah, going to suffer, and you don't have to be a Laker fan like I am to love that guy. And that's the beauty of him—a guy yeah. that uh, has an extremely high IQ. I uh, spoke Italian, Spanish, English. He and Pau Gasol were like brothers. They would speak Spanish on the floor. And nobody could understand them, especially not Boston. Um, but Kobe was <laughs> bigger than that. Uh, you know, all over the world, he was the most globally famous athlete aside from Michael Jordan, if not more, because he actually went out and actually, you know, went to develop underdeveloped countries and, and and really had a benevolent heart. And when he passed, he had he was an entrepreneur with many what stakes in the iron and the fire, whatever you say. Uh, but one of which he was passionate about was like developmental software for kids. Uh, it's just a loss that humanity is going to suffer because God knows what he would have done uh, to this day. You know, being from that area, trying to play basketball, even when I shoot a piece of paper at my trash can, I think everybody yells Kobe. Kobe. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he'll forever be an icon. And I can't believe it's been two years just absolutely tragic crazy absolutely crazy all right boys let's dive right into it we got a a lot to get through in 75 minutes um let's go ahead and touch on the game that just ended uh vols versus gators good win for the vols uh i think they were favored nine nine and a half somewhere in there ten this morning uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I know they played a lot of guards uh, and, you know, fast pace. So, so Robbie, we'll start with you. You're the resident ball fan. What are your thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> I text you guys earlier saying I thought nine and a half was a lot of points. Um, I know Florida just played Monday in, at, uh, in Oxford and coming to Knoxville. So more like an NBA back-to-back -back type schedule. Um the early start, I don't think, helped the Vols. The Vols just turned it over. They played sloppy. Um, I 
think right now what you're seeing and, and like this is what all the you know halfway quarterway college basketball fans that come in and be like oh Chandler's overrated these five stars like they're gonna hit this wall there's a freshman wall it's midseason it's cold they're gonna get out here there's gonna have bad games Chandler had a bad game um Vescovi or Vescovi the big name controversy uh played awesome um the Vols still can't develop a low post presence which is going to hurt them because as you like so the Vols they're 14 and 5 now undefeated at home five losses on the road as you progress like so they're not a bubble team they're NCAA tournament team it's a seeding team now but the problem is the confines of Thompson Bowling Arena are no longer there once you get an SEC tournament play, once you get an NCAA play. And so when you rely so much on outside play and you're really not that consistent in shooting the the basketball, it is worrisome. And this Jekyll and Hyde mentality, because you've got to put together four to five wins for the SEC tournament, six to seven wins for the NCAA tournament. I, unless something changes, I don't think this team is built – quite the way we thought they were going to be, or we, me, and some other Vols, psycho fans' expectations were um, at the beginning of the season. I think this is a second weekend NCAA team as it stands now. Yeah, so looking at, you know, potential matchups forward, playing like Gonzaga, Purdue, some guys with some, some big guys, low posts, I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, that matchup's not going to bode well unless you're, you know, 35, 40% on, on the arc. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that one? Well, it, well, it, it gets to this home and away. Like, people that haven't been to Thompson Bowling don't understand, like, how big it is and how many people that is there. Like, it's a 20,000-seat arena. Like, it is – it can get it's loud. Great. It can get rock. It's intimidating. It is shooting in a dome compared to most college basketball arenas. So you take Auburn, for instance, it seats 9,000 people. That's not the lower level of Thompson Bowling. So it's a different environment on the road. But, yeah, so when you get on – I just don't know if this is a neutral floor away team. This weekend, Saturday, 8 o'clock primetime at Texas, Rick Barnes goes back to Texas um, against Chris Beard, who's a great, great coach. Um, that's going to be a defensive struggle, and I'm interested to see how that works out. Um, I haven't seen enough Texas to see what the crowd's like at, at their home games. I imagine there's going to be a lot of people back for Barnes' reunion, though. So that's going to be a game I think it's going to be a measuring point as the second part of SEC play uh, continues. I think yeah. they match up well with Texas. Um, I agree. When I watched this game, you know, Florida was out uh, was without uh, Colin Castleton, who's their best player by far. Yeah. Uh, 16 and 9 or 10, and he's there three blocks. He's there everything presence. And, yeah, Rob's right. Plavsic is big and awkward and doesn't do much. I've never – Fulkerson is a locker room bench guy, I think. I've never been impressed with his game, but he kind of rocks you to sleep. Um, I like that Oliver – I can't pronounce his last name. Benoit. Yeah, that guy. Um, he's kind of in the, uh, the ode of the Tennessee power forward, the Grant Williams and – Admiral Schofield, I think he's got a lot of potential. 
Um, and I said it before, I thought we'd see more from that Huntley Hatfield guy. Uh, but to Rob's point, luckily there's two months of the season left because Tennessee is super discombobulated. They don't play well together. Um, you know, they're a team of runs like most teams are. Um, you know, in this game, when they want a D, they D. When they don't, they turn the ball over and fall asleep. You know, Florida, what I saw was a bunch of three points or barrages or uh, kamikaze attacks on the basket. They didn't move the ball at all. Um, there were a couple of possessions when Tennessee moved the ball. All five guys touched it, and it was beautiful. There's plenty of time left in the season. Do they have the talent? Yes. Do they have the coaching? Yes. But something's got to change. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, a talented team. And, you know, and Florida has a couple of guys that can play, and those two teams kind of throw out the records when they face each other. Um, as for Thompson Bowling, yeah, it can get loud. It's also a bit cavernous. So I think the players feel that when they're not blowing it up because that place is huge. And, yeah. you know, the crowd is very fickle, and, you know, they expect a lot. And they know – what I like about their crowd is they know basketball. Like if there's a bad call – not quite like that call when Florida missed that three and it was a six point swing. But like if, if a dude traveled from the whole crowd, Oh, like, you know, that's not usual. Uh, so super interactive Rob's right. When they blow up and they're awesome. Like during the years when I was fortunate enough to go to games with Rob and see uh, Grant Williams and Schofield, just an amazing duo bone. Those guys, that place was blowing up uh, yeah. potentials there. They've got to come together. Yeah, and yeah. Raj, I'll uh, I'll just echo this one point because yeah, you've been there many times with me. Um, it is a unique fan base because Tennessee does not sell tickets to the fanatics. Like the lower bowl is pretty much people that are there every game, and they're they're watching basketball. They're not there to necessarily stand up and yell. While it can get loud, it can also get very quiet because. It is a basketball fan base. It was there to watch basketball. They watch women's basketball. They watch men's basketball. It's a pure um, enjoyment of the game kind of crowd for the, for the most part. To be a, quickly be racist as a Brown guy, my father-in-law went uh, up there with uh, Marty Bennett, the old uh, county commissioner. I can't remember his title. Uh, anyways, my wife is like, hey, can you see them? I'm like, Dude, I'm looking for an old white guy in the lower bowl wearing orange of Tennessee. Uh, those are the loyalists. Uh, but, yeah, everybody looked the same. But Rob's right. The students, that place is always full of diehard fans, even when they haven't been good. That lower bowl is full of loyalists, and uh, that's admirable. There's no doubt. But at the same token, yeah, they can get very quiet. Um, yeah. You know, USC. Not in the first they, half. You know, I'm, they should lower the price of beer. <laughs> yeah so a yes. little better perimeter shooting a little better defense um so on to the next question i've got for you raj auburn for the first time is ranked number one what do you think of that and are they truly the number one team as it stands right now well they didn't look like it in their first game did they uh they beat eight and 10 Missouri team by one, but a win is a win. They were on the road. Um, you know, I don't think they have the, the whole team, but I do think uh, when I watch, what's his name? Uh, Jabari Smith. Oh my gosh. That would be my number one pick by far and away. He is so he skilled. Well, if that would have been crazy, if he did, because 
that dude is so skilled. He, he's just one of those guys that he doesn't have to average 30 and 30 or 15 and 15 like Shwebway from Kentucky. Uh, he is amazingly talented. They have Walker Kessler, the North Carolina transfer. To answer your question, I mean, who's number one? Do I think – I don't think they're as complete of a team as, you know, some of the others, such as Gonzaga. You know, I thought Arizona was awesome, and they got blown out by UCLA last night, which shocked me. Uh, yeah, but, that was a shocker. Hey, when you get a when you get a player like that, you know the Wally Zerbiak, big dog, big uh, the big dog Glenn Robinson, you can ride that dude, and and that guy is, I mean, he's he's a freaking he's a unicorn. So I don't think they're number one because I don't think they're as deep as some of the number one teams. But with that guy, anything can happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Robbie, any thoughts on that? Or um, Well, I'm just going to read you. So I worship at the altar of Kim Palm. Um, I think he's been consistently consistent at picking the his statistics and how the, who the champions are. He's got Gonzaga, Baylor, Arizona, Houston, Nova, Purdue, Kentucky, then Auburn at eight. I don't think Auburn's eight. I don't think they're one. I think they're somewhere in between that. Um, I like Gonzaga, Baylor. Um, yeah, it's I a big strength of schedule guy. Ken Pop's yeah. a big strength of schedule guy. It, it, you can it, go it, up if Auburn you lose top five. to a good team. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Arizona number three, he's number three. I've seen them get blown out by UCLA last night. I saw them come to Knoxville get blown out. Um, that they, was an they, aggressive win. They've got some weaknesses. I don't know that mm-hmm. they can also be Final Four good. That's the thing with this. The and we'll get we'll talk way more about this. The tournament's such a fickle thing, man. Um, yeah, but I think well, Auburn, it comes down to ma- it Auburn's, comes down to Auburn's matchups. In the top a lot. 10. Yeah, it's one of those things. It, in basketball, the rankings really don't matter besides right. you know hyping things up. But um, totally agree. It's yeah, wide Auburn's open this year. Top ten. Um, I mean, Kansas, Kansas, Kentucky this weekend is going to be awesome. This weekend is going to be really great for college basketball. The SEC Big 12 ch- Challenge is going to be um, great. Some really good matchups. You know, real quick, in college, I always say I like those those fullbacks, those middle linebackers, the 6'7 to 6'9, 240 pounds that Tennessee's had. Houston mm-hmm. and Texas Tech have the most number of those dudes. And – they're both very good teams, and if you get into yeah. a defensive battle on the board, they're going to wear you out. Yeah, uh, that's who you Texas want. Texas Tech was exactly, and I wish SC would get more bangers. Always wanted that. Um, USC is more of a finesse, tall, lanky style of play, but, I mean, I wouldn't want to face those guys. And, oh, Texas uh, Tech, I mean, they beat the balls. They're, that's a dangerous team. Very dangerous team. Yeah. Um, talented, too. You know, there's a guy, Bryson Williams, who – was going to go to SC. He was a transfer from UTEP. Uh, I think he had 33 the other night. He's not a, a scorer per se like that, but next man up for that team. And that's what good yeah. teams do. All right, boys, I got to cut you off. We got to move on. We got a lot to get through here. Um, next, let's touch on the Hall of Fame votes real quick on the MLB. David Ortiz, only player um, to get in right now. Let's go to you, Raj, first. Thoughts on Bonds, Clemens, Pete Rose, you know, what what's going on here? I mean, Rose is the hit king. 
he bet on baseball. He only bet on his own team. Uh, he should have been in decades ago. Uh, I am not. I have a lot of friends that are pro Bonds, pro uh, pro Clemens, pro McGuire, pro Sosa because baseball was complicit and C League was aware and the ratings were this and that and uh, it sparked a generation. I don't buy it. I think those are rationalizations. Bonds never for me. Um, you know, how does a guy morph his head size and feet? I mean, it's not even a question if you look at him as a rookie. Literally, his head size like morphed. His skull changed. Uh, no, was he didn't need to? Is the, is the tragedy for me? Um, does it still take skill and speed and accuracy and hand eye? Yes, uh, but you know, I think of all the kids that had one shot. That this is also a rationalization, but that never made it. That got set down because they were shelled by these dudes. Um, just you know, thousands of dreams broken by you know selfish players and selfish owners and selfish commissioner bud selig so overall i'm a purist to hell with them but i can see why people will say you know it, it still takes a, a ridiculous amount of skill it wasn't just the roids that made clemens great or bonds great uh maybe mcguire and sosa but uh it's still not enough i'd say get their separate wing put them in the basement but uh yeah i'm not putting them up there with Mickey Mantle, and et cetera. Are, That's just wrong. Are you yeah. okay with Ortiz getting in, though? I mean, again, I'm a bit of a purist, so I don't – I know Manny had some issues. Did Ortiz no, have – Ortiz failed a test in 2003. I thought that was Manny, to be honest with you. No, no, um, Manny failed multiple times. Ortiz failed in 2003. Wasn't yeah. there a rationalization? And if that's the case, and I should know – I just don't remember anything after I turned oh, there, 21. Then no. Rational case. I didn't know what I was putting into my body. Someone gave me something I didn't know. Back then, yeah. no. But yeah, if I honestly forgot about that, then no. I, I wouldn't put anybody in. Uh, so, let alone the first try. Uh, you know, but he is a, he's big poppy. He's, everybody loves him. He's the ambassador yeah. of a country. Uh, that obviously played a part. First try yes. was pretty crazy. Yeah, so here's what I don't like about it. I mean, one thing, um, I think being in the Hall of Fame or not, it's about a bunch of writers who vote on this thing. No baseball, no one who ever played baseball or watched baseball is not going to say Barry Bonds is not one of the greatest players that ever played the game. Like, you're, you're, you're amongst your peers, whether the writers like you or not, amongst your peers, you know where you stand. Um, I do kind of separate Sosa and Maguire from Bonds and Clemens in this matter. Like, let's take the allegations as true. Bonds and Clemens are both Hall of Famers beforehand. But at the same time, baseball, it's like your unwritten rule. Baseball has been a, a whole thing about cheating. The whole thing is about grabbing a bit, whether it's pine tar, whether it's to stick them from your hat. And also, look, are you going to let, – let's flip sports. Are you going to tell me that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady aren't in the Hall of Fame because they bent the rules or used the rule, used what rules were in front of them to their advantage? Bill, Bill Belichick taped practices of the other team – and the NFL destroyed those documents because they didn't want it out to destroy the product. Tom mm -hmm. Brady, like, these are P 
people that took advantage of the rules. It does not matter. They are still the greatest that did it. And if you think- can't have the greatest that did it in your Hall of Fame, then what is a Hall of Fame? It's just, and how can you, because a Hall of Fame is just telling a story. It's telling a story about the history of baseball. Bud Sealing's in the Hall of Fame. Bud Sealing almost ruled, ruined baseball. If it wasn't for Sosa and McGuire, baseball well, would be down the tubes. We're about to see I'll, where it's right now. Also, let me ask you this. Like, how many more statistics do people look at versus if they're a Hall of Famer or not? Like, you're going to see those statistics and those stats from these players and, you know, YouTube, Google, whatever. And and people are going to be, all right, well, this was the greatest person in, at this part of the game, regardless if they're in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, there, you're there not going to be able to take that away. There, there was, there was, there was, uh, uh, Amphetamines, methamphetamines, not meth, but like like whatever the amphetamines. Yeah, amphetamines. Like it's it's going back in the history of the sport. Like Lawrence Taylor used to do alleged, sorry, reckless speculation. Lawrence Taylor allegedly allegedly used to do coke before the games to get out there and tear people's heads off. That's part of the sport. Like that's yeah. I think that's a rationalization. I think baseball is unique. It's apples to oranges. Uh, it is the most exclusive Hall of Fame. Just to say that, hey, this is what they were doing uh, in, in terms of being what, in discernment. Uh, yeah, by far. Uh, way more so than football or anybody else or any other sport. I, trust me, I, I would definitely put money but on that is, one. Is it exclusive but, if you don't have the best in there? How do we? Well, I don't like, call like, them like, the best. Would, would the Masters be exclusive if they didn't let the, let the best golfers play? To me, it define, depends how you define best. And to me, that is not the best. That's cheating. And to say other sports that, oh, this guy took advantage of that, or, you know, baseball, well, was, it was more than being complicit. You um, also have to pose it like well, those, well, well, those hey, are the ones that got caught cheating. Those well, were the yeah, obvious yeah. ones that were cheating. And hold on. Hold, Do you and not hold think on. this was going on in every and I read Ortiz's practice and every, every training camp? throughout the season, maybe they didn't do as much or take as much or evolve as much as some of these guys that, like you said, bonds, you know, skull chains or whatever. Three extreme cases, and they became what, what superstars. Look, look, look at look at Pete Rose. And I understand. Pete Rose was the best hitter of all time before he did anything wrong. So he has to be in as a player because he is the best hitter of all time. Then, yeah. as a manager, he get gambled on baseball, but there's no evidence he is as a player. So if you don't have him as a player, then you can't ha- say you have the best players of all time in there because he is not in there, and he was the best hitter of all time. Does baseball have a BS moral code? Sure. Uh, but I think there's a difference between what Pete Rose did by far and those taking supplements. And, you know, Dave, I just looked up what Ortiz said. I had forgotten. He said uh, – you know, in 2003, you don't know what people tested positive for. In 2004, the regulations on PED became more strict, PED use, and he never tested positive after that, and that's when his numbers blew up. 
Lance I don't like it at all. Anyway, it's not a drug test. It's a stupid test. It's not. It's not. It's not a drug test. I, it's a stupid test. It's it's science, and and you've got the right trainers that they can beat the science. So anyway, let's move it's on. Different. If it didn't give a competitive advantage, it wouldn't be banned. There's Randall, little Pete well, Rose action. I mean, literally. Oh, he deserves it for sure. Lance Armstrong never failed a drug test, and he he will tell you. He has said. It's easy to beat. It's not hard to beat these tests. I know. I agree. All right, boys. Sorry, let's rationalize across the board. I got to cut you off. We we have got a lot of NFL action to get to, and we're oh, almost twenty five minutes in. Um, so let's start. Let's go ahead and get the, you know, sorry South Titans loss out of the way. Let's talk Titans Bengals. I'm going to go to Robbie first, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, you mean the Super Bowl champion, Tennessee Titans, according to you hey, guys? Hey, 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 I'm going to mute you here in a minute. Ryan Rams. <laughs> Ryan so, Tannehill. All right. Yeah. Obviously, turnovers were a major factor. Um, do you think the game plan and play calling offensively, obviously defense played out of their mind, I'm I'm looking at offensive play calling. Um, what what happened there? Is that is that on more of the coaching side, and, or maybe share the burden with Tannehill? This is one of those games where you you looked at the stats afterwards. And you're like, how in the heck did Tennessee lose? Like more rushing yards, more passing yards, more sacks, more like little less time of possession, but it was just one of those things like how do you lose this game? Turnovers, obviously. Um, less passing yards, more Tannehill. Less passing I, yards by like 130. I but Tannehill blows. That, That's your answer. I think that overall it was just one of those games that I'm not sure the game plan was bad. I'll just – think there was bad breaks. Um, yeah, I would have been – I don't – because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what Derrick Henry's status was coming into the game. They said he was healthy, full to go. Obviously, I don't think he was because he was struggling to hit some of the holes. They want Foreman looked better than he did at times. And so, um, I, it was just – a bad performance. Tannehill had a bad day at the office. Three picks. You can't do that. And then that forced throw. I think we when you get when you're at home, I would have liked to see him play for overtime because we don't have Patrick Mahomes on our sideline. And so right. uh, our defense was playing great. To take a risk really was just a lose situation, especially in triple coverage. The, the play design wasn't great. I was just looking That's at it. Ryan Tannehill. As, as soon as he stepped back, yeah. I didn't like it. I had a bad feeling. He threw it, didn't like it, and then the result didn't like it at all. Um, yeah. Also, you will never win a Super Bowl with middle. that guy That's ever, fine. ever. It's right. a fact. I, hold ever. on, I got a question for you coming, Raj. Just, ever. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so, yeah, I I agree. Um, but here's the thing, too. You know, all this week. We've heard nothing, especially here locally, but people bashing Ryan Tannehill, decision-making. And it's, you know, it's warranted. You know, the decision-making 
on those three interceptions, that was all on him. Because if you play it back and you look at a still setting of the field, there were people open, there were other options, or especially if you're on the 10-yard line, throw it away. Um, so there, there's that. Now, my question for you, Raj, the Titans in this situation, everyone, all fans are calling for Tannehill's head. I would. We're, we're in a major contract with him, you know, at least through 2023. Um, salary cap is not in our favor. I don't think anyone we can really trade for. Is, is Tannehill – I know he's not an elite quarterback, but it, is he an above-average quarterback that, that you can make it through like a Brad Johnson back in the day with Tampa Bay? Or, you know, what, what are our upsides here if we decide to trade and where can we go? I mean, I think they should have drafted somebody in years past. If if you start resorting to, oh, and I do this all the time because I don't think Derek Carr will ever win big games. Uh, oh, you know, the Vikings – or sorry, Brad Johnson won with this with Tampa. Well, they also had a generational defense on that side. And, yeah, he just didn't make mistakes. As do we right now. I mean – I wouldn't call it generational at all. To compare you guys to Tampa – you Front must seven, be intoxicated. Pretty, pretty stuff. They're okay, pretty but you're stuff. talking about like Hall of Fame all over the place. These are a bunch okay. of good dudes, but these are like no-namers. I mean, Cincinnati cannot block, pass block at all. They had nine sacks and they still lost. The other thing is, I think teams laugh at Tannehill. Like when it's a fully known passing situation, they tee off on him. The biggest stat to me was they were one for eight on third downs. Uh, yeah, sure, you know, 20 for 62 for Henry, and I don't think he was healthy. Why Foreman only had four carries? I don't know. Uh, that's what we do in hindsight. We pick it apart. But, I mean, ask yourself, would, what is Tannehill's trade value? I mean, what's his replacement value? Would anybody trade for him? And if so, where would he start? Um, I, I just have never been a fan. The guy played a lot of receiver at A&M, right? And the Dolphins took a flyer on him, and, I, and it's also just because I always hear – he's this and he's that and you know everybody defends him but I mean I think it'll be a shame when you have a team that you know for the last five years has had easily enough talent to win the Super Bowl and no you can't put it all on that dude but I I, I mean he some guys are winners and some aren't and, and I hate to put it in you know that type of 50-50 category but as as an opposing fan with no vested interest I always thought the guy was not very good that's just my opinion, yeah. and I know a lot of people that believe that. Well, when you look at the game Sunday night and you look at Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, um, the AFC is not going to be won anytime soon without an elite quarterback. Like So I think Tannehill's decent. In a, in a, not decent. I think he's pretty good. And I think in – a normal setting, he could probably squeak one by. But, man, those teams not good for the next decade are going to be so good and so dangerous. That, yeah, that was, we're going to gonna touch on that. I know. We're going to touch on that shortly. It, it was. And that, to my point, there, there are 
three tiers of quarterbacks in the NFL. And one is the super elite, which, you know, you have a handful. And there are a couple that I think fell off after this last weekend. Um, and then, two, you have these above average guys that can lead your team to uh, a number one seed or, you know, into the playoffs. But when the, the call is really on them and it comes down to it, they cannot put it on their shoulders and, and get it done. So that's, that's, the, that's the middle of the road. That's where most of the NFL lives. Does, does um, anyone and, know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Is he going to be able to play next year, or is he still in just NFL jail? There, yeah, there's no clue. Uh, nothing I've heard as of yet. Obviously, he's, he's pushing that boundary of elite quarterback. He made a public appearance, though. That was the first time he went to an NBA game with his lady. and It's the first time I saw him in a year. Yeah, but there, I don't know what there that means. So many, I'm there are so many salary cap issues this year in the NFL, you know, with the um, bump back last year. Now they're getting a $25 million increase this year, whatever. It's still not near what it used to be. There's a lot of problems there, a lot of shuffling, a lot of, a lot of cards going on. And okay. to take a chance on someone that is not convicted or not convicted, like if you trade and you get him and then he's out for eight weeks or 12 weeks. Like, but my understanding is can't risk it. It's just civil losses, though, right? There's no criminal. As of as that's my understanding. Heard now, I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at I haven't looked at this in a while, but I, my understanding is it's just civil lawsuits. It, it's I also a, an issue of sexual and domestic violence in the NFL, obviously, at, you know, in our canceled I'm culture, which I'm fully behind. But yeah, but I know you're not, but I'm saying regardless of if there's a criminal charge or not, I don't believe there is, but there's enough evidence, I believe, that, you know, oh, and he yeah, acknowledged I mean, it, this and the NFL after everything that it's been through. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I know what you're saying. Well, yeah, if, if, it's, if, it's if, a little if, bit if different than being there, charged with assault. He but, would be yeah. playing. I mean, let's be I, honest. But yeah, he, I know. I totally agree. If, if it but, was just made up, he would be playing. How you know, do you long want, is do he you in limbo risk, though? For like, I I agree. I risk twenty million dollars a year on no. your salary cap. That you know, if you're at a team like the Titans or you know some other team that's prepped and ready to go to try and win a Super Bowl, do you want to risk that on a trade or you know and take that cap hit? I don't think so. So you know, maybe somebody gets lucky we and should, we should sign him gets him on the cheap. Yeah, probably. Right. Probably why the NFL is leaving right him in now. limbo. Because if a team like the Titans got him, they would be Super Bowl champs, and I'd anoint them right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't right. know how long this is going to happen, though. Let's move on. Um, we're going to go Packers 49ers, which Raj and I both called this upset, by the way. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 against the 49ers in playoffs. And the 49ers passed him up in the draft. And he made it a point to say they're going to wish they did not pass me up or, you know. Where did he go to college again? In what area? Berkeley. He went to Cal. In the yeah, Bay. He went to Cal. He did. And so, what are your thoughts on this? Aaron Rodgers, obviously, from what I heard today, doesn't sound like he's going to be there. They've got a $44 million over the cap 
problem right now. He's $46 million due next year. That's without Devontae Adams. That's without even signing Devontae Adams. So He's going to the Raiders. There's no chance they – unless they cut a lot of defense and offensive line, there's no chance that they can recoup both of them. And there's no chance Aaron Rodgers stays without Devontae. Um, Devontae is pretty much a free agent guy right now. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, do 46 million cap hits 44, no chance. Uh, let's go to you, Raj first. Well, I, where did Devontae go West to college, Coast. by the way? Where did Devontae go to college? Fresno state. Who was his quarterback in college? Derek Carr, David Carr, Derek, one of those cars. Derek Carr. Yeah. The one that doesn't suck as much. Um, yeah, no, I agree entirely. He's being cryptic this year. He's more so talking about, he's not as like, I'm going to retire out of the sake of being physically tired or achieving enough. Notice that when it's going to be a payday, he's saying he's a lot less cryptic is my point. I don't think he's done playing, but you're absolutely right. He has not said, he just doesn't strike me as the guy that would take less you know, to, to play with Green Bay. He's going to get paid somewhere. He wants that ring. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the cap situation, I, you're enlightening me every second with that. I knew they were over. I didn't know they were that much over, and I didn't know that dude was due that much money. Um, I wish he'd retire and hang out with his Hollywood girlfriend and, and meditate and do yoga and smoke weed, but just because I hate the drama. Like, go one way or the other, but yeah, I think he's going to get a payday somewhere on a one- or two-year deal like Brady, and uh, it'll be somewhere good. I mean, you put that guy, like, on the Broncos, who I hate, but their defense is strong, you know. Put him on the Titans. Yikes. You know, with your receivers and defense, uh, why not? But somebody's going to have to pay him, and I don't know who's got the space. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And from what I've heard – you know, locally in Titans Radio, there's a couple of former NFL players that were in the negotiation talks between the players and the owners and all that negotiation that – and Aaron Rodgers was there, and he only cares about Aaron Rodgers. He does not care about any other player, you know, dues or gifts or, you know, whatever they get. He didn't care. As long as he was making it. That's all that mattered. And it's kind of shown that, you know, within the last couple of years, you've seen him dealing with Green Bay, you know, leading them on, hanging on, and then all of a sudden showing up. So worship me. See what happens there. And Robbie, to, to Raj's point, like, if he does play again, like, who actually has the cap space for him? And what team is ready? Because he's going to go to a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. Titans are one, but we have no chance with cap space to get this guy. Well, so short answer. Well, okay, I'm going to start with a long answer first. He's going to talk for a while. I'll be right back. Um, Aaron Rodgers, to me, has had probably one of the worst 12 months in sports that I can remember. Um, he started off with his beef with Green Bay, then gets there, then they get the number one seed, then he has his immunization fiasco. Look, right. hey, 
if you don't want to get the vaccine, then don't get the vaccine and follow the protocols. And that 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 completely your right. If you don't want to get it, then but you have to wear your mask. You have and to it's and it's clearly stuff. stated in the rules. Yes. Clearly yes. stated. You can choose yes. one way or another. But this is your path this way. This is your path that way. Right. And so so yes. And so so do one way or the other. It doesn't matter to me necessarily. But to lie to your teammates and a lot of people, the coaches, that have family. And this is not just about you. It's about other people. Kit, uh, your tight end could have a immunized, uh, susceptible child, and they need to know. And so just do your part. And that's and like just an arrogant ass that he was. And then yeah. to come on. And then now. And then, look, man, you are one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen. But, and there's always a but. You're a douchebag. Sorry. You are 11 and 10 in the, in the playoffs. You are 7 and 7 at home at Green Bay on the frozen tundra in Lambeau where they never lost or maybe lost one game before you got there. You're 7 and 7. So calm down. You got one Super Bowl. Joe Flacco has one. <laughs> uh, so Brad I, Johnson has Brad one. Brad Johnson has one. So generational yeah. defenses. Boy, so, yeah. so calm exactly. down. With and you're your 0 and 4 against the guys that passed you up in the draft that you said you I will said make they them would regret pay. it every single time. Exactly. So, like, come on, that. You are He's talented. the most selfish. Yeah. Yeah, you're talented. You are you are extremely talented. But you know what? You need to take a little step back and realize you play this game as a gift. Um, you're talented enough to do this in and a you make team, a lot of money. You, you can't do it without a team and the people around you, and you need to understand and yeah. appreciate that because it's, you look at Tom Brady and how he fights for his guys and his team, that's the difference. Like they, like Rodgers has more arm talent than Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's way more cerebral. Well, I, I don't say way, but, you know, notch above because Aaron's pretty smart himself. But One is self-righteous, the other's not. Exactly. And, and, and you look – One's a great one leader one, and the other's not. One has one Super Bowl, one has seven. So exactly. And then, there we go. And, then, and so where I think he's going to play next year, um, I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know if there's as big a market as people think for Aaron Rodgers. He's a great talent. Man, he's only he's 500 in the playoffs. When the tough gets going, he doesn't perform. He doesn't fit everywhere. You're right. Like, like I, I don't. He's not a leader. He's not a. He's not a camaraderie guy. I don't know if you're like. I, he's a him guy. Titans. Like, what like about the Pittsburgh? Idea that, the idea of him being on the Titans. Yes, it's euphoric. But when I think about it more and more, is it a good fit? It, is him and Vrabel a good fit? Probably not. And for one no. year, we're trying Pittsburgh? to win. Our culture is completely different than what. Yeah you know, his narcissistic mindset brings. Like, yeah. it's just not – it doesn't fit. So, and, Bears. you know, he's going to want, you know, $25, 30000000 million. There's no chance. And I don't know if this is a – I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but I think it's just the first one that jumped off of my mind. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a bit like LeBron James. Like, it's just – like, LeBron James wins more – but their talent is so off the charts, but they sometimes get in their own way of winning. I don't know. I, I would think LeBron James is quite 
Let's not more, go down this uh, path, a left, please. Or, yeah, a, a selfless person, like yeah. especially speaking for his body of work. Put him um, on any team who he makes better, and he gets to the finals and wins championships. Everybody. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's cut not this do off. that. We're not going to go that. Yeah, that's, we've got that's a lot to PTI. All right, we, we got to go. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Tampa Bay Rams. Uh, leads right into Tom Brady. Um, upset again, as I, I believe Raj called as well as I did. I, I can't remember. I we, um, we all called this one. Yeah, I called we them called, going. We all we all called this one. Okay. Nine, yeah. So, yeah, um, Rams is long, and I've said it for three or four weeks now. As long as Matt Stafford doesn't turn the ball over, uh, defense played out of their mind. What a game! Um, they Goff, almost blew Robbie, it again, though. They did. They did. They almost did it in Rams fashion, but they did not. Tom Brady had a little blood on his lip, uh, begging for a call, got his own penalty. How did he First get time that? in the history that that a penalty was against him. So, Rob, what do you think? What was your thoughts on this game? Well, first of all, as everyone said, all best NFL weekend of all time. Just fantastic. Oh, God. We uh, haven't even got to the game yet. Yeah. Um, I thought – I mean, this is what the Rams do. They, they built a team to bully you up front, and then they can get the quarterback, but then – Tampa, Cooper Cup, wide open, like one-on-one coverage. Like, I don't get that. Uh, There was a lot of smart people that made dumb decisions over the weekend. And that's what I don't get. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Tampa or uh, Tampa. So, L.A. put it on them. Tampa came back in Brady fashion. And it every single game was who has the ball last is going to win. Um, yep. I, I don't know what else to say besides, good God, the NFL. Just like, that's just sports on steroids. Like, that's what you want. Like, you can't turn away. It was, a, it was an awesome weekend. Not only did that happen, but somehow Tampa lost Cooper Cup. In the game we're going to talk about, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill made oh. – the final catches on the drive with 13 seconds left. How do you lose these dudes? And, and I thought the Rams were dead in the water. Um, yeah, you and I called the Niners. I called the Niners because I believe in the best defense and the best player. And the best player to me is Debo Samuel. Side note, did anybody see totally that on agreed. Twitter where he uh, he rolled in on a big beach cruiser with an, with an homage to a yeah. tiny lister with Zeus? That was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, and they also own the Rams. I, they I like the Raiders. I am from Los Angeles. The Rams were there. I will always have a favorite team, but of course I do pull for the Rams. But by the way, there was a video yeah. in the early eighties during that trend called Ram it. If you guys haven't seen it, go to YouTube and Google Ram it, which was the Rams answer to the Super Bowl shuffle, uh, silver and black. It's unbelievable. But anyways. Yeah. That's what they do. They ram it. They blow it in spectacular fashion. And I thought for sure it was going to happen this game. But, you know, they're 0-2 against the Niners this year. And I agree with you. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to, to drop with Stafford. And the Niners' defense is obviously amazing. Yeah. So even though I want the Rams to win and they're three-and-a-half-point favorites, I mean, I'm betting on the Niners. They're 
they're just a better overall team, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that discussion um, on the preview of next weekend here shortly. I know we've got a lot to get through real quick. Um, to Rob's Rob. gone. It, he took a uh, little break. Let's get to <laughs> let's get to the game, the which could be quite possibly, and I think it is. The more I think about it, the greatest NFL football game that I've ever watched. And that is the Chiefs Bills. What a fireworks show that was. I mean, down to 13 seconds. I mean, I've got sent memes. I've got some Bills fans that are buddies. You know, game's over, 13 seconds, like and then it should Mahomes, have been. Mahomes does this crazy Crazy comeback and gets it in a field goal range. Like you said, to Tyreek, to Travis Kelsey, there's 13 seconds. I mean, they were playing these outs, trying to trying to defend the sidelines. The middle was wide open. Wide open. Saw it, and Kelsey came up to, to uh, Mahomes and told him, he said, hey, I'm not running the route that was called. He was like, I'm going in the middle where it's open. Yeah, did you see the NFL film? And you hear, you hear, yeah, you hear Kelsey, or I mean Mahomes in middle cadence. He's like, Kelsey, do it, do it, do it. You know, and then there goes Kelsey. There goes, I mean, they had two timeouts, and then Buffalo called a timeout. That that was the worst defensive play calling. Horrible. All right, it wasn't quite prevent, but the prevent prevents you from winning, and and they were giving everything. Buffalo should have. Squib 10 seconds. It. Yes. First off, they should have squib kicked it. Hell right? yeah. Knock some time off the clock. Whether you get, you know, you're 13, maybe you get to eight, you know, 10 seconds, whatever. That that takes a big chunk. Well, if you look at the two plays, they only had three seconds left when they kicked the field goal. So squib kick was huge there. Bad play call on their part. Um, but not nitpicking all this stuff. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on – what a quarterback battle. And and this is what we talk about when we say elite quarterbacks and what these guys can do, not only with their arms, with their legs, and the talent around them. Oh, my God, was this not the best game that you've ever seen in the NFL? We'll start with you, Ryan. Well, so this goes to management, in my opinion. Um. The Chiefs gave Mahomes a half a billion dollar contract, which in theory, oh my gosh, they're going to have to gut the rest of the team in the, in the next couple of years. Well, look at when TV contracts are coming up. TV contracts set the salary cap. And so Kansas City just got their guy, the best guy who maybe has ever played this position, at least the most talented. Uh, um, try being in the so, AFC West. We thought we probably had him. Morgan. So this they're, they're playing. They, they looked ahead and said, this is what's going to happen. And Buffalo's doing the same thing. The, the model was, the Russell Wilson model was, hey, get a quarterback on their rookie deal. You got to win then. Then it's just, you know, hey, we'll pay him because we'll be competitive. We'll sell tickets. 
Well, that may have just changed because now you got Buffalo and KC got their quarterbacks. They've got them locked in. That that's a battle that's going to keep going on. You got Lamar Jackson. Um, you're, you you got Mac Jones coming on. Yes, I'll throw Tannehill in there and and Carr. You got and Herbert. Like you got you. The AFC is stacked with quarterbacks right now. Right. So, but to your point on on that, real quick, just on contract wise, like you can kick the can down the road. Like you can throw this big number out there and, and blow it up in the media that I've, I'm getting five hundred million dollars for ten years. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's guaranteed money, and then it comes down to negotiations and structured contract. So yeah. that changes things, and that's how people in in the office maneuver contracts and people that are willing to do it and, you know, restructure and give you guaranteed, you know, $20 million next year or vice versa. Well, Kansas City, they bet big. They bet big on uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, and they said, we're going big on these three. When this, when the new TV markets come in, we're gonna have they're gonna more kill than it. money to fill the team around them. Oh, and they they yeah. may be the smartest guys in the room right now. Yeah, you're 100%. it's all absolutely. And the two highest paid quarterbacks are who? Josh Allen and the number one's Mahomes. If you look at Mahomes' deal, his base salary is like eight hundred thousand. Night. It's all these incentives and uh, signing bonuses and things that super easy incentives to hit like uh next year he's got a 1.5 base uh two million dollars from the signing uh bonus breakdown for the roster is 27.4 million uh 550,000 for a workout bonus restructure a 4.3 hit what like why can't the rest of us do this and and maybe it's just because these guys are generational talents yeah uh, and back to the game quickly again as an old person purist i think I love defense also. Was this like the new generation scoreboard light up best game I've seen? Yes. There's no doubt. Offensively, I mean, there's so much skill and speed. I also like when the ball is run. Neither team could run the ball at all. Neither team really tried much. But in terms of drop back passing game, light it up. Easily the best game I've ever seen. Um Again, I'm all Buffalo as a Raider fan. When we figured out Mahomes was on the Chiefs, we were screwed for 10 years. It sucks. But uh, if you give up 50, almost 50 yards in 10 seconds when you're, like you said, giving like chunks of yardage up, you deserve to lose. Buffalo should not have lost that game, and mm-hmm. – they did, and again, second year in a row, right, where similar things have happened, not quite yeah. to the same extent. But, you know, I don't think anybody – if Buffalo's in the Super Bowl this year, I, I, I'd have to take them. You, you know, it's a shame. And, sure. and they're such a great fan base. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't quite a prevent, but the prevent prevents you from winning. And, and why teams change up what they were doing all game, not that it worked so much in this game – but they didn't give up 50 yards in 10 seconds before that. So well, Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin echoed your point, Raj, on first take this morning, or maybe it was yesterday. Michael Irvin said, Hey, if you if you don't press me and I get all free, and you're talking about Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, like that's game over. Like, especially with Tyreek Hill, like if you don't bump him, there's no one that can run with him in the NFL. And then Kelsey going over, like, let him 
because they let him run up. You go corner or inside. They were giving the middle up because worried about time. It wasn't it. Looking at it, it was an easy play. Now two right. timeouts. Well, what were they thinking? I think sometimes it comes down to the players are actually more ready than the coaching is. And I think that really hindered the Bills in that that point. They were on the fly, uh, you know, first time in this position. They're like 13 seconds, no chance in hell. Like, this is going to happen. Like, protect the sidelines, let them get a couple up the middle, no big deal. But then you forget about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey uh, and Patrick Mahomes. So, welcome to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So where the unexpected ha- becomes you know, expected, and, and we'll—I know this is a huge topic. We'll briefly touch on this because we still got a shitload to get through. Sorry about my language. Um, we'll we'll talk yet. about uh, the coin flip and like whoever won the coin toss at that point was going to win the game. Is that not fair to say? Like. I have no doubt in my mind the way those two offenses were playing and lack of defense on the other side, whoever won the coin toss was going to march down and score a touchdown. Stupid. Robbie, thoughts quickly. <sighs> quickly. No, quickly. With yeah, us. I know. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about this later. We got to get so, that other thing. So <laughs> this, this is one of the most intriguing it's questions stupid. in sports talk because – what is the solution? Is it to play an extra quarter? Is okay, it- hold on. Time out. The regular let's season just, model let's works. Finish, let's finish this Why off. And let's do let's – do, let's just do another show later this week, and we'll do a preview of uh, this weekend's stuff because we're getting close to time. How about that? Sound good? So I think everyone thinks the rules suck, elaborate. so let's move on and, yeah. But no, no, it, it doesn't suck. It, it, oh, like, no. No, no, I'm not a defender of the coin toss. What I'm, the, I'm like, there's three aspects of football. So, I guess my theory, my best solution. It sounds like it's going to be long. There's three aspects. The, the best of solution to this thing would be. Or you're both lawyers, so. The away team three definitive aspects gets to pick if they want the ball or not. Both teams get the ball, and then it's southern sudden death. So the away team to balance the power, the away team chooses kicker, 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 receive. If whatever they score or not, if the other team scores and goes for two, they win. Or once they both score, then it's sudden death. I don't like to play for fifteen more minutes because for health and safety. I mean, me personally, I'd like it, but I get why they can't do that. Um, but it's a hybrid of the regular season and college rules. A lot of yeah. people love the college rules. The NFL would that no, work? No, but you can't go for two. put them on the forty. You can't have two point conversions to side a side a pro football playoff game. I why hate leagues like play. baseball put a man on second in the regular season, then change it in the postseason? They do the regular season overtime. It seems like it works, and suddenly they go back to sudden death where the kick determines, and I know it's supposedly 52% versus 48 or something, but BS, you're absolutely right. In this game, whoever got that ball, as soon as the coin flip was done, game was They're winning, yep, 100%. 100%. Defense, we saw that the whole entire fourth quarter. 
it just because the problem is it's unfair. It was unfair to the sport of NFL and the game because that was such a such a letdown, an amazing game, and you saw how hard both teams fought, and it's unfair. But you know, rules are rules, and everyone knew these rules, and they play by these rules coming into this game, so. It sucks, especially as a fan, because you wanted more. We always want more. We're, you know, wanting more, wanting more. But it sucks for the Bills, because, and especially Josh Allen, because he played his butt off. And tragic. What was and coming out party for him? Sports the tragic. The problem is you can't just play another 15-minute period, because if that ends in a tie, then what happens then? Like, it just snowballs. Sometimes. No, I, I mean, you go to scores, but you got you to gotta even it out, like – then go uh, to sudden score, death after 15 minutes. Do do at least one possession, one possession, and then, you know, maybe then go to sudden death. But you got to give each other a chance. Like, you can't I just wish. take so, it on the luck of a coin flip, especially when the offenses on both sides are, are rolling like they are. So, I think predetermining who gets the ball in overtime will help the team making a decision – to go for it or kick a field goal. For instance, if you're on the five-yard line and um, you're down by three, I know the other team gets the ball first in overtime. Do I go for it versus kick for the tie? I think that helps spice it up. So once it's predetermined who gets the ball first, um, instead of just kicking the field goal. And then I see what you're saying. But wouldn't defenses know late in the game that depending on who gets the ball, what the offense is going to do to some extent? I no, agree, and I admire the fact you've thought about this clearly because I sure as hell haven't. I was just like, this blows. It's wrong. Uh, you always come up with an alternative solutions, which is why he still practices law and I don't. But uh, I, I don't think that's the answer. I, I appreciate your thought process, but um, – I, well, I think no, let's, let's say for like for, a hybrid of the regular season in college would be something I would be. Well, no, so, so, so let's take, let's take this KC Buffalo game. If KC knows Buffalo gets the ball first in overtime as the away team, so they make a decision to kick or go for it. Obviously, from that decision, that position, they're going to kick it. But if it's at the 15 yard line, that decision may change. We may want to go for it and try to score here to prevent Buffalo. Because if Buffalo gets the score ball first. With three seconds left on the clock, they wouldn't do that. Well, I, mean, I understand what you're saying. But like, well, yeah, you like, can yeah. rationalize either way, though. That's my point. And well, yeah, I think that's changed. I told you, Chain, we go down this path. We're I, think, I know. I said I, I think we can all agree. It's it's broken rule. It needs to be fixed somehow. Please it didn't work Sunday. Hashtag NFL. Please fix the the overtime. Well, I mean, Goodell's only making um, forty million dollars oh, a year. Where else real quick, real quick. Get a better. We don't now. have time. We're not even going to get into our playoff projections this weekend. We're going to have another show on that, um, and we'll update you guys on on when that's going to be um, shortly or next day or two. Let's go ahead and talk about um, final words, bet your nuts, anything of that nature, any upsets. Um, we, we've got about 12 minutes here. So, I mean, uh, uh, just quickly in terms of I think I'm, I'm going to make it football because, again, Rob and I both 
love college basketball and the lines only come out a day prior. So there's so many great games this weekend. And if I saw spreads, like I said, Tennessee is not as talented as Texas, but they match up well. I digress. Looking at the NFL, Casey's a seven-point favorite over the Bengals. Something tells me this game will be closer. If I were to bet on a game, uh, maybe not my nuts, maybe yours or Rob's, uh, I'd take the Niners that are three-and-a-half-point dogs despite beating the Rams twice and having a much better defense and better players. And uh, Yeah, I mean, the Rams have their superstars. You know, they have three or four of them, obviously. They got OBJ, perfect. But that doesn't make a team. And if it did, they wouldn't have beat 12-5 and five and 5-3 five and three at home. And, and so far, I've said before, it's like Vegas. It's a destination game. It's going to be 70% Niner fans in there just because, you know, they they are a generational team. They controlled half the NFL for 10 years with the greatest players. Um, and the Rams move around, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so you're talking about a team that beat them twice that's going to have 70% of the fans, in my estimation. How do you not take them at three and a, three and a half? So even though it pains me to say it, Niners are my bet your nuts, my final word, and over-unders at 46. I'm thinking the under there, but that's so low. But, yeah, it's uh, – a. Uh, by the way, tickets are as low as $539 for that game. One, yeah. quick, one quick question for you, Rob, since you're such a Tannehill hater. <laughs> is, realist. A realist. Okay, so what is the biggest difference between Tannehill and Garoppolo? And – Well, I don't think Garoppolo – I mean, again, I think the Niners' defense is better. And I know you guys say A.J. Brown and – you know, Debo Samuel is, in my opinion, the best overall football player in the league right now with Derrick Henry not being Derrick Henry. Coaching, uh, you know, Vrabel's Vrabel, and you guys, Vrabel, you'll, you'll stand behind him, but uh, I, I think Shanahan is a uh, Shanahan, right? Yeah, Mike Shanahan. Kyle. Kyle, Kyle, one of the Shanahans, not Mike. Yeah. I hate rat face, Mike. Um, sorry. It, you know, I, I just think a better overall at each of the levels on defense. I know you guys are going to sit there and rationalize this, but it doesn't matter or justify it rather. Um, you know, again, better receivers, a better offensive line for sure. Um, anybody can run the ball. There was with Ayuk, again, Debo, and then your boy, Jawan. Jawan would be a one, Jennings, maybe a two yeah. on any other team. Then you got Kittle, you got the best fullback in the league, uh, Trent Williams. Yeah, they're no, I get a stronger it. I get team. It. I'm not talking about the. the I, I got you. Them. I'm talking about a quarterback of that yeah. caliber, which I I put in that same group: Dak, Tannehill, Garoppolo. I mean, That's their those downside. are kind of that you know upper average guys of the NFL. But they don't make and mistakes, the, and the oh, Titans made mistakes, they, and other teams do, but. They usually no, don't make mistakes. They they did. I mean, Garoppolo threw an interception at the end of the Cowboys that was game to try to lose it. Hell. So, yeah, that, I mean, that was horrible. These guys but, make mistakes. That's the difference between the elite and what we're talking about. And my is my point. But anyway, all right, Robbie, your thoughts. Uh, Just takeaways, and then we're doing bet your nuts. Yeah, takeaways, bet your nuts. Right, so takeaways I did is both. this. I read today that MLB is willing to set out regular season games for this lockout. 
If Major League Baseball sits out regular season games and delays the season for this lockout, they are in huge trouble. Um, while it's not everyone's cup of tea, uh, NASCAR is coming right after the Super Bowl for a race in the Coliseum in L.A. And then they're going to Daytona. And it's already they, sold they, out, I think, right? Yeah. Like, the, like the L.A. This, one, this, like it's this, sold this, out this, like that. Yeah, this is, gonna, this is an excitement. There's a sports niche. We got maybe the USFL spring football starting back. Baseball, you better be careful because there's a lot of things gunning for that window of the sporting events. Um, and so get your act together. You guys can never get along. You can make money. Everyone can make money if you work together. But if you keep defying each other, hey – that window is not going to be always be open. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, like I said, I know we're talking about with uh, Randall, you doing a new NASCAR show or whatever during the, the week. Um, used to be a big NASCAR fan. I, I'm all in on that. I'd happily be a guest. But you're right. I mean, it, now's the time and and the MLB is just kicking tires and you know well these guys are waiting waiting to not pay players or or negotiate whatever so it's going to be interesting to see if it if it goes to March or through March or spring training if it gets pushed back so go ahead I will say this while in so preface it I don't agree with it. I was, I'm always, I've always been pro COVID protocol precaution over no caution, but NASCAR did the opposite of what I thought. They went for it and they were the first to start back and they were the first sporting events to be back. And you know what? They were probably right because none of their drivers got sick. They did, they did what was necessary to kept people safe. It's an individualized sport, and so they did very well this last couple of seasons. And so, yeah, I was wrong. They were right, and I think they're going to be on uh, on the up and up this year. Yeah. No, I agree. When- everyone's, everyone's guessing at this point. I mean, you know, we're all trying to navigate our way through this thing. Um, so they were, Winter they were Olympics, the bro. That's my final word, Winter Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. Winter Olympics. I can't wait. This is um, Sean White. Uh, Sean White's last last Winter Olympics. Sean White. Last time you're ever going to see him. So he's only 35. I thought he was 45. But yeah, him and uh, Chloe Kim. Uh, there's a girl on Chloe Luge. Kim's Luge. Her name is Summer Britcher, an American that does Luge. That just sounds like a badass, uh, a bad uh, Luge name. Uh, yeah. Then there's curling. Curling's pretty sweet. Um, Who doesn't love curling? We should. I know, dude. Team, right? I, that should be at every bar, by the way. I know the ice becomes a hazard, and Rob and I well, think a they, liability. But they call that shuffleboard. Yeah. Sort there's of. no ice there, and there's nobody going like, you know, we, like yeah. We gotta we gotta implicate that. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, I jest when I say that because obviously the Winter Olympics are not that as popular as they once were. Uh, I feel like, especially recently, there was one like two years ago, which there may have been. 
And and there's always this attempt. I used to joke that NBC becomes A and E, and it's all about biographies of their athletes, and they're just dying to have a star. Uh, and, and I don't want to get Rob started on this because he'll talk for a while on it, and rightfully so, like Simone Biles, and having that superstar that you know, there's a lot more than just being competitive and winning. Um, you know, and that is coming up. So I, I say that, you know, in jest, but then I saw Nathan Chen in figure skating and uh, Michaela Schifrin and, you know, again, Chloe Kim when she was like eight and she won it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, man, four years, NBC, the world is just laying it on them. And uh, I didn't want to go down the mental health tangent, but I, I mean, I'll watch the highlights. I'm not going to watch every Winter Olympics event on CNBC, but it is coming and uh, hopefully it's another thing that USA dominates at. Now, well, it's going to be exciting. I'm sure we'll touch on it throughout, you know, the time and, and our topics and what we are on here for. So, anyway, from uh, any, any final words, anybody else? I mean, we already did final words, but good. Everybody good? Good. I mean, I could always say more, but no. Yeah. Sorry, but, sorry about the Titans, guys. We're, we're three, three minutes under the tab, so I, I feel good about that. Let's do another show this week, though, because we didn't get into um, this week's playoffs. Um, what times and, did, and did the Titans play that? this weekend? I so, how much of the agenda did do we the get Raiders, into? Do the like Raiders how? play? What, hey, when did the Raiders I, play? I knew they'd blow it, dude. Yeah. I didn't act did we, like they did were going to win Did we get into half the agenda? Did we make it at the half point? We got into everything except the championship preview uh, Chiefs, Bengals, Rams, 49ers, and then our prediction. Chiefs, right? So it's Chiefs. Chiefs, Bengals. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, where, where are the Rams? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Thursday, 9 p.m. Raiders. Raiders. Hey, can we do Thursday, 9 p.m. Part the, 2? We can do that. The Raiders yeah. are the Raiders. That's Wait, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Part 2, 9 p.m. Same time. 9 p.m. tomorrow. Same bad channel, it. same bad time. Yeah. Um, thank you. Well, speculation. I'll give my bet nuts if people want to gamble. Go for it. Go I'm for done. It. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Barnes going back to Texas. He's getting plus three points. It's essentially a pick em. Three points for the home team, if you guys don't know that. But – yeah, Rick Barnes, he's going back to Texas with an Avengers. Uh Tennessee wins by – they cover plus three. I think they win outright, though. If you want to do money line, I would. But be safe and pl- take the plus three. Nice. I bet good nuts. college games this weekend. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I bet you enough Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Book it. Way to go out on a limb, bro. Sorry. I know, right? <laughs> I'm so I'm so vanilla. Well, you should at least give them the points this weekend, then go to the Super Bowl next weekend. Well, we'll talk about that. We didn't get there. That was one bet you're nuts. Yeah, the Chiefs are what minus seven right now. Seven. Chiefs cover this weekend. I'm going Bengals. Bet your nuts on the Chiefs cover as well. Anyway, all right. We got to sign out, boys. We are 19, 21 seconds over our time. 
Uh, All right, so tomorrow times. at nine. Tomorrow, nine o'clock. We'll be back. Part two. We'll cover uh, the preview this weekend's playoffs, and uh, yeah, go from there. Reckless speculation never disappoints. Let's go. Signing out, boys. <laughs>